Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. The Feast of Tabernacles is, is where we are in looking at the feasts of the Lord. And as we, we call the first feast of the year Passover, in, in reality it is three feasts. There's Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits. Uh, we tend to call the Feast of the Seventh Month the Feast of Tabernacles, even though it also is a, a three-part feast that starts with trumpets, going into the Day of Atonement, and then finally the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, <clears throat> I, I thought it was kind of uh, unusual that we were looking at this feast right now when most of the body of Christ is is celebrating uh, the incarnation when when Jesus came to earth and, and was born an actual human baby even though he was still fully God and that that first song that we did uh, by Justin Rizzo uh, that um, it just uh, it says so much. You know, there, here here was God born in a manger, just lying there, completely helpless, and just the, what a picture that is. And um, <clears throat> the Feast of Tabernacles is is where Jesus knew he was eventually going before he came. And it's, it's so powerful to look at the symbolism, particularly of the Day of Atonement, related to Jesus' coming. Uh, so uh, what I would like to do is uh, start with Leviticus 16, Because this is where the Lord gives most of the detail of this feast to Moses. And it's, it's kind of unusual when, when we look at the history of the celebration of the feasts in Israel. Um, there, there's lots of instances of the celebration of Passover and fewer references, instances mentioned of the Feast of Pentecost, there are fewer still references to the actual celebration of this feast, which, which is really... It, it's it's kind of sad. It's 
unexpected. It's, uh, it's hard for me to grasp because with, within the Feast of Tabernacles, the Day of Atonement is the holiest day of, of the year in the Jewish calendar. It, it essentially is the, the Good Friday of the Old Testament. Um, and it's, it's unusual that we have so few references to the celebration of, of this feast. Uh, and uh, this feast is even referred to as a solemn assembly. This, this is where that term even comes from because the, as, as we'll look at here in Leviticus, there, it starts with the day of the blowing of the trumpet, which, and then that's on the first day of the seventh month, and every month begins with the blowing of a trumpet, but this month is, is different. It's, it's the blowing of a different trumpet. It's a different sound in, in the seventh month. And seven is the month of completion. It's the month or, or the number. Seven is the number of completion, of perfection, of fullness. And since this is the feast of the seventh month, it implies that. It implies completion, perfection, fullness. And just just a, a little bit of background once again for some who have not heard the messages of Passover and, and Pentecost. The, the way that we're looking at the feasts of the Lord is that we're, we're looking at them in the fact that they had a historical fulfillment in, in the nation of Israel. They, they, they were actually celebrated. They meant something to the people when, when they were being celebrated. But then they, they also pointed to Jesus. Every one of the feasts of the Lord pointed to Jesus. And Jesus in his life would fulfill ultimately the, the shadows and the pictures that each of the feasts were pointing toward. And all theologians, all uh, orthodox theologians, I should say, agree on that much. But then there, there is also a, a, a shadow of meaning for the church in each of these feasts. And, and we've, we've looked at Passover and how it really uh, gives us a great picture of salvation. And, and then we, we've looked at Pentecost and how it gives us a great picture of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, on the first original day of Pentecost, there was the giving of the law at Mount Sinai to Moses. And, and the law brought death, and that day there was, there was a judgment that, that killed 3,000 people at the base of the mountain. 
Well, when that feast was fulfilled in the church, we, we have that recorded in Acts chapter 2. And the fulfillment of the feast of Pentecost in the church was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on those who were waiting in the upper room. And we know that when they left the outer room and they were all speaking in, in the mother tongue of all these foreigners, there's about 15 language groups that are mentioned in Acts chapter 2, and, and they're all hearing these uneducated uh, guys from Israel speaking their mother tongue, probably perfectly, <laughs> and, and they're hearing about the wonderful works of God. And that day, instead of 3,000 dying like, like there was at the original Pentecost when the law was given because the law brings death, when the Spirit came, the Spirit brought life and we had 3,000 people come into the Lord and be born again and baptized. So that was, those two feasts have been fulfilled in the church. It's this feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, that we're still waiting for to be completely fulfilled in, in the church. So this, this one is, is interesting. So let's, let's read chapter 16 of Leviticus and uh, I don't know, maybe I should give that to you as your assignment because <laughs> it's, it's going to take us a while to read this. Um, I'm afraid if I read it, I'll have to quit and I won't be able to tell you anymore. So why don't you do that? You read Leviticus 16 this week, like when you get home uh, after you've had your nap. And, <laughs> and then you can fill in some of the blanks of, of what I tell you today. So... As I said, it starts with the blowing of trumpets on, on the first day of the month. And it was the blowing of the trumpets in, in the seventh month. And this is the seventh month in, in the sacred calendar. So there's, uh, I haven't really talked very much about this, but the Jewish calendar, there's a civil calendar and a sacred calendar. And the, the seventh month in the sacred calendar is where Tabernacles is, but it is actually the first month in the civil calendar, which is why the, the day that we had our solemn assembly, it was Jewish New Year, it was Rosh Hashanah, but it was, it was the first day of the seventh month in the, in the sacred calendar. So... And then when we have the first month where Passover is celebrated, that's uh, the first month of the sacred calendar <laughs> and the seventh month of the sacred or the civil calendar. <laughs> so they're, they're kind of switched over in it. If you, when you understand that, when you read a part of Joel chapter 2 where it talks about the latter rains coming in the first month, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense because the early rains come in the spring 
when Passover is celebrated. But when you think about it being the first month of the sacred calendar, then you can have the latter rains coming in tabernacles. And that's, that's what Joel is, is talking about. And we have, the church has experienced the early rain. That was Acts chapter 2 to now. And, and, and we wait for the latter rain, which will be a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the people of God. And this is what Joel chapter 2 talks about, where your sons and daughters will prophesy and your uh, old men will dream dreams. And basically all the people are going to be impacted by this, all the people of God. It's, it's, it's going to be children, it's going to be elderly, it's going to be young adults, it's, it's going to be everybody. And it's the latter outpouring that we are waiting for and crying out for that is going to lead to the great harvest that comes just before Jesus' return. So <clears throat> I, I think hopefully what we'll be able to look at today is is kind of the basics of, of the feast and maybe get into a little bit of how they were fulfilled by Jesus and then... Uh, Next week or whenever we get back to this feast, we'll, we'll be able to look more at what this means for, for the church. But anyway, the first day of the feast, the first day of this month, the seventh month of the sacred calendar, the first month of the civil calendar, is an awakening. It's, it's a, a call to be prepared for the day of atonement which is coming. And the day of atonement was, was the one day of the year when the sins of the people of Israel were paid for by a, a goat that was sacrificed and reconciliation was was brought between God and his people and and that was the day of atonement and and the day of atonement was was the one day of the year when the priest and in in the case of Leviticus 16 we're talking about Aaron the high priest when he would go in beyond the veil into the holiest place and he would take the blood of the goat that was sacrificed along with incense because he, he dared not go into the holiest place without incense and smoke rising and, and he would drop or drip the blood on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. And so what, what you will see in Leviticus 16 is that, that there were two goats selected. For there, uh, let me finish up with 
the day of the blowing of trumpets, and then, then I'll get into uh, the Day of Atonement quickly. So the blowing of trumpets on the first day, that was the call to be prepared for this holiest day that was coming on the 10th of the month, which was the Day of Atonement. There, there isn't a whole lot else to say that you could look at. Uh, there's a list of about 15 uh, to 20 different instances in Israel when they would blow trumpets and, and they would have different meaning. But generally they, they were a call to attention, they were a call to prepare, it was, it was to, to get people's attention off the mundane and the day-to-day -day and on to what the Lord was doing. Uh, so that's, that's the, the day of the blowing of trumpets. And, and then on the 10th is, is the Day of Atonement. And those days in between were, were to be the days of preparing your heart, preparing yourself for this great solemn assembly that would take place on the Day of Atonement. And I, ironically, the, the Day of Atonement on the 10th was was the one day in, in the law of Moses when all the people were required to fast. So there, there was a, a humbling that, that was to take place on, on the Day of Atonement. Uh, there, there was to be a, an identification personally and, and corporately that, that there was a lot of sin to, to be paid for because th this took place one day a year. So for people could, could look back over their lives the last year, they could look back uh, over the people that they knew over the last year and they, they, they would think about all the injustices, all the sins, all, all the wrongs that, that had been done, and, and all of these were, were going to be paid for on this day. And, and it was, it was a, a new beginning because all, all these things had piled up throughout the year and, and they were just going to be paid for. And so back to the two goats um, on the Day of Atonement. There, two goats were, were selected and they had to be perfect. And then they, they drew lots and selected one of the goats and one of the goats would be for the Lord, for the sacrifice. And the other goat was just kind of set aside for a little while. And what would happen is they, uh, they would, there were some additional special sacrifices on, on this day of atonement because Aaron first had to pay for his own sins and the sins of his family, and that was with a bull. But because this, this was the day for the priesthood to be reconciled, for the sanctuary 
to be cleansed and for the nation to, to be reconciled to God. All this was, was going to happen on this one day. And, and if you have done any study in the Old Testament of the, the priesthood, there, there were some really uh, special, kind of outrageous garments that the high priest would normally wear. And, and they are, they're called in the Old Testament garments of, of beauty and glory. Well, on, on this day, the high priest would not wear those garments. He, he, he would set aside the garments of glory and beauty, and he would put on simple white linen garments. Sound like something else we talked about and sang about today? Jesus putting aside his glory to put on flesh and become a human being. So the priest would do this, and then after his sins were atoned for, then he could take care of the Lord's goat and, and take sacrifice that goat and then bring some of that blood in to the Holy of Holies and, and drip it on the mercy seat with, with the incense, the smoke of incense rising, which always in the Bible, smoke and incense refers to or is a picture of prayer. We, we have the, the picture in Revelation of the, the great bowls in heaven that are filled with the prayers of the saints. So it was a, it was a day of fasting. It was a day of solemn assembly. The, the whole nation was required to come and assemble together and, and see, watch, what was taking place. And, and it, was, it was a solemn day. And, and there, there were a, a number of times when, when the priest and the sacrifice had, had to be washed, literally, with water. Because for the priest to enter into the holiest place, uh, I mean, he had to be physically clean and spotless, as well as have the blood of the sacrifice in order to enter into the Holy of Holies. And that can be kind of a picture of, of us being washed with the water of the Word. As, as you know, the, the Word of God is, is our standard of, of what is truth, what, what is acceptable to God, what, what is right. And we 
as we live our lives, we, we find over time that, that certain areas of our lives don't match up. And, and so it comes through revelation. The Lord shows us, hey, you know, this, this thing in your life, it, this is what the truth is in, in my word. And that needs to be washed with the water of the word. And you need to accept my truth and break agreement with the untruth that you're currently in and come into more of my righteousness. And this, this whole feast of the Day of Atonement is, is a picture of, of that. And uh, I, I need to say a little bit about the, the whole word atonement because it, when I, I try not to use a lot of religious churchy language. So when I use words like this, I need to explain what they mean because I want everybody to know what I'm saying. Uh, so atonement essentially is synonymous with reconciliation. So for this second part of this feast to be called the Day of Atonement, it, it is really the Day of Reconciliation. It's, it's the day when the people of God who had been separated or estranged from the Lord because of their sin had that sin covered by, by the blood of, of this goat and the ministry that took place within, beyond the veil in the Holy of Holies is is what actually caused that reconciliation, that atonement, to take place. It, it wasn't just the killing of the goat that was the atonement. That was the sacrifice, and, and we know from the Old Testament that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So there, there had to be shedding of blood in order for the people of God to be reconciled back to God. And, and that, that is what is taking place on, on this day for the people of God. And, and we know that, that Jesus, he, he was so unique in that at the cross, he, he was both high priest and sacrifice. And, you know, we, we can't know this for sure, but there, there are those archaeologists and historians who, who believe that Under Calvary, under Golgotha, the, the hill where Jesus was crucified, that um, the, uh, the ark <laughs> was, was, was under there. And that because Jesus was both sacrifice and 
high priest that his blood actually ran through the earth onto the mercy seat. Now that's, now that's an awesome story. But what we do know for sure is that Jesus ascended to heaven. And all of the furniture and, and all of the articles in both uh, the tabernacle and later in the temple were, were designed according to a greater design that was actually in heaven. And, and so we, we know that Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he, he would have had, obviously, the, the opportunity to drip his blood on, on the actual mercy seat where, where God actually lives, not, not where he just let some of his presence live uh, in, in the ark uh, here on, on the earth. So there, there, was, there was an actual fulfillment of everything that the Day of Atonement was pointing to when Jesus was crucified. And what's, what's great about when, when you study the feasts and, and you, you study how Jesus fulfilled them, the, the deeper you dig, the more there is. There's, there's just so much amazing stuff in there, detail, that only an extremely, extremely wise God could possibly have made all this work and, and take place. And prophesying it thousands of years before Jesus came. And then also those same things coming forth in, in the church. I mean, a divine <laughs> uh, hand uh, and with infinite wisdom is, is the only way that all this could have possibly happened. There, there's just no, no other way. So, I think, uh, well, I need to say a little bit about the scapegoats. So, uh, there were two goats. We know that one was actually became the sacrifice. There, there was the other goat that was, uh, it's, the translation is they call it the scapegoat. And after the sacrifice of the Lord's goat and the ministry of Aaron in the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies to the mercy seat on, on the ark. Then he would come back out and, and he would place his hands on the scapegoat and confess the sins of the people of the nation on, on that goat. And then a worthy man would be selected to lead that goat out into the wilderness. 
And I'm, I'm still seeking some, some understanding here uh, of the two goats, because I, I know there's more than, than what I have uncovered yet. Uh, part of the two goats, I think, points toward the, the dual nature of Jesus how he was fully God and fully man. And how when the Lord's goat was sacrificed, that was pointing toward Jesus' human flesh being sacrificed and killed on the cross. But his God nature did not die, ever. His, his God nature continued to live. And there's, there's something about that in the scapegoat that I'm, I'm still seeking. But then there's, there's this other picture of the scapegoat and the Lord's goat that speaks of Jesus Christ as the Lord's goat and us, the church, as his counterpart. And how Jesus died that we would be reconciled to God. And then he gives to the church this ministry of reconciliation. And, and we go out into the wilderness of the world and, and we, we carry the ministry of reconciliation. Because that's, that's exactly what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 18. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word or the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we, the church, are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's it. That's the scapegoat ministry right there Christ died we live but he lives in us and we because of him have this ministry of reconciliation now we the, I will close with this because I, we need to better understand atonement and reconciliation and there are some 
churchy words that are used to describe different aspects of this that I want everybody to understand. The first word is, is redemption. And that means to, to buy back again with a price from the hands of another. This, this is the one thing that Jesus did. He, he redeemed us. He purchased us back from the world because our sin had separated us from him and our sin placed us in, in the place of being in agreement with the enemy. And, and Jesus paid the price to purchase us back. And that price that he paid is called the ransom. That's, that's what was paid. And the New Testament talks about the ransom that was paid. Jesus was also the propitiation. Now that's, that's a great church word. When's the last time you ever heard anybody say that word outside of church? Never. Well, that's the word that refers to the sacrifice that is made to avert wrath and secure mercy. So for the children of Israel, that was, it was the Lord's goat. For you and I, Jesus was the propitiation for our sins. He was the sacrifice that allows us to avoid the wrath of God that we deserve because of our sin and secures for us mercy in its place because of what he did. And, and we just have to appropriate that. We, we just we have to receive it. It's, it's there. It's, it's like a, a gift that is sitting on the table and it has your name on it, but it's, it's not going to do you any good if you just leave it on the table and look at it. You, you have to walk over to the table and, and grab it and unwrap it and, and receive it in order to be reconciled. And, and then that is, is the last word, reconciliation. To, to make enemies friends. <laughs> to take people who were at odds because of something and, and bring them together. And so what took place on, on the Day of Atonement in the Feast of Tabernacles is the sacrifice of the Lord's goat and then the ministry of Aaron in the Holy of Holies, it brought forth the atonement for, for the people. So it was, it was all of those things happening at once 
that was the atonement, which reconciled the people of God who had been estranged from God because of their sin, and, and they were brought together. And, and for us, we know that we don't have to do this every year with a goat. Because it, it pointed to something that would happen later that would be much greater. And, and that was the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf. So, so for, for us, the people of God, this, this, is, this atonement, this, it, it's a one-time transaction. That, that we receive. Our, our sins were separating us from God, but we're, we receive the atonement, and now we're reconciled to God, and, and we're born of the Spirit, and, and we become one with God, because he, he is within us by His Spirit. And, and so our, the, the penalty of our sin is dealt with. Okay? The, the wrath is averted. The mercy is obtained. But, but what, we, what we still have to understand is that, that sin, although it is not going to... Uh, it, it, it's not going to cause us to lose our mercy that has been obtained. It still has consequences for us and, and the people around us. Okay? And, and that, that is why the Lord wants us to wash ourselves with the water of the Word and, and become come more and more into agreement with him in the way we think and, and the way we live so that his kingdom can come more and more through us. Because that, that is his intent. That he wants a, a people who are his and, and we're, we're purchased. We're, we're redeemed. Our, our redemption has, has been taken It has taken place. We, we are no longer our own. We've been bought with a price. And this, this is all part of this atonement process. Uh, and it, it's like I was talking about a few weeks ago. It's this, this whole Deuteronomy 28 thing. It's, it's not a reward-punishment thing. It's, it's, it's not a behavioral psychology practice that, that God wants to do so that if he sees us do bad, he zaps us and, and we don't do that anymore. We, we go do something else and then, then he gives us a, a treat so we we'll can keep doing that. That's, that's not it. We, we are to be the, the conduit of, of the goodness of heaven coming into the world and, and when we sin, that, that conduit, it, it gets like a, a clogged artery. <laughs> the, 
There's, there's less and less flow. So, so God wants to uh, put a stint in our <laughs> conduit. So, <laughs> and that's, that, that's our repentance. I mean, what's, uh, maybe Roto-Rooter is a better <laughs> idea. Our repentance is, is the Roto-Rooter of, of our conduit of goodness from heaven. And, and so we, we never stop repenting. Because we want a more and more flow. We, we want that thing enlarged. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think that's about all I have today. Hmm. And it's been good to be in the house of the Lord, huh? Yeah. Uh, Jesus, we, we thank you so much for the atonement. Thank you that you secured mercy for us, your people. And Lord, bring us more and more um, into alignment and agreement with you. Uh, Lord, just give us more and more revelation of, of your goodness, your, your love for us. And we give you permission to take the roto-rooter to us. Lord, clean out those things. Wash us with the water of the word for the glory of your Son. Amen.